Wow. The guest we have on today, episode 32, the man, the myth, the legend, current member of Rugby Canada's sevens team. He scored 75 points in his most recent 79 games. He was a critical player in qualifying Canada for the 2020, now 2021 Olympic Games. He represented Canada at the World Rugby U-20 Championship back in 2015. He's labeled as an upcoming star for the Canada Rugby Program. He's a man rocket himself. His favorite quote all time is slow is smooth, smooth is fast. That's fucking <laughs> awesome. Here we are, Mr. Phil Berna. Yeah, hell of an intro. <laughs> there we go. Sound. I have something to offer. Man, I'm amped for this, amped for this. Yeah, likewise. All right, so I think first off, we're uh, we're both pretty interested in, in how how you got into rugby in the first place. Yeah, I was uh, played a bunch of different sports growing up: uh, soccer, dabbled in tennis a bit, baseball. Was an all-star of the baseball team. That was that was sick. Um, I played. I went to Van College here in Vancouver. I played football for a few years, and then few guys from the football team were also a member of the Marilomas rugby club and just right down the street from my place in Kits. So I joined there and then just kind of fell in love with it ever since. I was, I was pretty athletic, like going through high school. So that's, I was able to excel kind of quickly in that way, even though I'd never played rugby before, I was just kind of able to be a bit faster and stronger than some of the guys. And then yeah, it all just kind of progressed from there. Went on to play some uh, rep stuff with Team BC. Uh, one of my first years trying out for the Vancouver team, though, I got cut. Didn't even, like, make the team. And I still uh, – PJ, if you're watching, should have <laughs> cut me. Because other few good lads, I knew what you were doing. There's some favoritism and school biases there, but it's fine. It all worked out. Uh, yeah, I got cut from there. Just kind of, you know, made me work harder, though, I guess. Went, played for Team BC. Went to St. George's after that. I transferred from BC to St. George's. Again, got a lot more rugby experience there, actually playing throughout the school season. Um, then from there, went to... UBC for a year and then was kind of in the mix with some of the Canadian development stuff. And then after my first year, UBC uh, got offered to come over to Victoria to play full time with the team and kind of jumped at that opportunity because at that time they were a year out from Olympic qualification, but I knew it was going to be, there's going to be kind of transit transition coming up if, you know, the team had qualified unfortunately wasn't the case um but yeah i was just excited to kind of play with the guys that i've been watching play for a number of years that i still get to play with <laughs> for sure and like were you were you always a big sevens guy or were you originally a 15s guy yeah sevens is still coming up in that way there's if you're going to play rugby you're mostly going to play whatever club rugby is in in bc is going to be 15 so 15 aside um, but there are definitely more opportunities when I was coming up, there was a high school, uh, sevens tournament. And then there was like a BC elite team that was coached by Shane Thompson. And we went down to Vegas, um, 
and got to compete there. So there, there were more opportunities, but it was a lot of 15s based stuff until you kind of got those specific call-ups for the uh, Canadian development team, the Maple Leafs or yeah, some of that other stuff. Ever much of a league guy? Rugby league? Yeah. I, I played in a, it was like this Commonwealth games. It was like a trial event in unite. Like when I was U19, we just sent a team Canada, but it was just BC and we went over to Glasgow to play and it was fun. And we ended up like beating the English team somehow. <laughs> like it was, it was like a Cinderella story. If there was like a last dance dock crew, that would have been like <laughs> the climax of the whole thing. Like a bunch of boys never played league before it was rugby league nine so it was like again that condensed version yeah first game up against england we like somehow won and it was yeah it was cool but then we ended up we played like australia and they sent their junior sydney roosters team or something and i've never (laughs) seen such big boys and we got absolutely throttled but it was fun it was an experience (laughs) that that was the only time though you only needed one one league experience uh, there's just there just aren't as many opportunities for it in in BC. There's there's like a league kind of starting, or you always kind of see little glimpses of, but it's definitely kind of union. Uh, yeah, the typical union fifteens or sevens. Yeah, for sure. And then like, so what what stood out to you about sevens that made you want to go that path? Was it just the speed aspect? Yeah, it was the speed, wide open spaces. It's just like a fun game. And then the travel opportunities was always something that I was excited about. And when I was younger, I always said that was going to be the highlight of rugby for me. What really kept me engaged was just being able to travel all over. There's definitely options of that in 15s, but you just have that seven series that typically – we'd be on right now uh but yeah 10 stops around the world but yeah just it's quite the hook because you get a small group of guys traveling the world together it's it's good times i um i want to talk about those good times we'll discuss later in the in the podcast episode yeah, I, but... I figured i figured you get harry on for the you know the nice uh, <laughs> professional. We, we tried to we tried to poke some stories. He was pretty good. He told us some good stuff, but he those, uh, those he, guys have him locked away. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Very engaged. He just got a new puppy. He's not he's not trying to relive those days. No, no, not at all. Yeah, not um, trying to get anyone in trouble either. But <laughs> no, we can <laughs> we can always we'll keep it PG thirteen. You know, a little yeah. bit, but we'll have some fun. Yeah. Um, I did want to kind of backtrack a little bit. You said you you always knew like you were bigger and stronger than the guys you were playing with when you started playing rugby. But like, is there was there another component that just made it so easy for you? Uh I don't know. It was, it was just like I had an athletic kind of background coming into it because I was always playing some sort of a sport. But it's just one of those things that just clicked. It's not the most complex game if you can kind of just know how to be evasive and kind of not want to get hit you know that that helps I just ended up being pretty good at that I had a good little step as I was just like starting the game and then always had a decent little fend so 
I don't know if I can keep people away and run and score. That was kind of my game plan when I was coming up through that youth rugby. So being on team Canada, I'm always interested. Um, some guys are late bloomers. Other guys are just fucking phenomenal from the start. Was that you? Were you always sick from the very beginning? I was like good at the start, but everyone was bad. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, what am I comparing myself against? Yeah. Because it de- it's definitely kind of gone up and down. And like, even now I'm definitely still learning under some of the best players that we have in our program. And yeah, just, I feel like I'm still learning and getting better now. So I'm uh, not cocky enough to think that I'm the best. I've always been the best, <laughs> definitely still learning and, you know, proving myself. So like, what did it feel like to get that call to know that you were going up to uh, team Canada? Yeah, it was cool. It was, it was cool. It was, it was weird though, because it was just end of summer. Like I'd kind of picked my classes for UBC, but my heart wasn't really in it. I just didn't have like a great first year experience. And part of that was due to, I was just away for like a month plus each semester going on. Uh, I was qualifying for under twenties with the team. I was, I was in Chile and Argentina just with the sevens team and I was in Vegas and that was all during first year. So I was like finding it really hard to manage just being totally out of the country for so long. And then when I finally got the call, I was like, all right, like, let's just kind of push all the chips into this for a bit and then we'll figure it out. And it took me a year to kind of figure out getting back on track with schooling and everything, just because I kind of, yeah, I definitely just took that plunge right away. And then, so you made your debut in the seven series in Wellington and took off uh, John Moonlight as a sub. So what was that like walking in for him? Uh, It was was cool. Mooner's a legend. And like, he's, he just looks like a superhero. (laughs) And the fact that he was the captain of Team Canada, I'm like, of course, man, like your jawline was made for this. Like, I get that. (laughs) That's paper, eh? He he smiles and it cuts through stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's just, what a handsome man. But (laughs) yeah, he always just knew, he he always had, he was such a leader on the team. It's like (laughs) something I really want to take from him is like, I remember I was hurt a few times. He was right up there kind of making my plate of dinner for me. Like no ego. He, he was there helping carrying bags. Like he's a really good guy. And then I remember kind of hit, take him off and he didn't just kind of run by, give me a high five, be like, good luck kid. He, you know, took a time stood in front. He's like, you know, you should, you're supposed to be here. Like, you know what to do. And then kind of grounded me before I just ran out there. All, all phased, but it was good. It was quite you, a moment. Were you feeling any pressure, like take taking him off? Uh, a little bit, just because it was the first game. But I think we're up by a bit. It was against Portugal in not a high stakes game, so it wasn't like a cup final or anything. But yeah, it was just the pressure of kind of being in that stadium and yeah, playing on the big stage for the first time and kind of knowing that 
friends and family back home were watching was uh, definitely in my mind, but kind of helped me. Mooner helped me uh, block that out and just focus on task at hand. For sure. And then speaking of friends and family back home, then you get to play in Vancouver. Yeah. So what what was that like playing in the uh, the hometown? Yeah, it's sick. It's it's like a different vibe. There's different set of nerves that you're kind of feeling all week and you're trying not to spread yourself too thin because, you know, a lot of family and friends like want to see you or grab tickets or this and that. Uh, but yeah, running out in front of the home crowd is definitely special. It's, yeah, I can't really compare that feeling to anything else, but I usually have a big smile on my face while I'm running out uh, a bunch of Canadian flags. So it's a really, really cool feeling. With yeah. all, I'll go ahead. Jack. Go ahead. Um, was there, uh, do you have any couple uh, lady friends coming out? And Oh, Phil, <laughs> look at him go. A couple, uh, no, couple extra motivation no, no. or what? I keep it, uh, I keep it low key. Okay. You know. Okay. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, it's cool. It's, it's definitely our opportunity to show off a bit, you know, yeah. cause we're, we're over here in Victoria or else for the most part, we're around the world playing and competing and people don't really get what that is because rugby isn't the highest profile sport. And then when you get to bring it home and the fans kind of buy into it, and you have that kind of 40,000 fans a day coming in and watching, like they're finally getting to fully experience and realize kind of what I've been doing for the past five, six years. Like if it didn't click then, now it's kind of like, oh, that's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I kind of want to change the topic a little bit. When you first joined Team Canada, the, the men's team, while you were a bit of a younger guy, how did, was that adjustment? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I'm usually pretty, pretty loud and like to have a good time. I don't think I said a word for the first little bit that I was on the team because I'm looking around and I'm like, oh, I'm playing with a bunch of legends. Like, yeah, surrounded by legends and men. <laughs> yeah, legends and men. I was like a small kid. Um, but yeah, it was good. I don't know. I just, just kind of have the same mentality today just kind of go and do my work you know I definitely am a lot looser about it now and I love a good fuck around with the guys but uh yeah definitely try and get my work done first and then kind of worry about that stuff after was there was there ever a moment where you like there was an exact time you're like yeah okay like I'm on the team I'm one of the guys now uh I don't know. It's, it's just kind of, it just, it just happens. You just kind of get brought into the fold gradually. You start making tours and you know, people are like, Oh, nice. Like you can play. He's good. We, uh, yeah, we like, you him. Know, like people are down for you to be there. You're like, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I add something to this team and you can, it's just <laughs> I'm kinda, not shit. I'm good. I can, yeah, uh, exactly. I cover my own it's ass. Yeah. Confidence. Like you don't want to be named on the team and everyone's like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Fuck, he's in yeah like, everyone's right. got to try a little harder so yeah the, the rest of the 11 are gonna have to pick up the slot because phil's <laughs> here no yeah you just i mean it's a it's definitely a gradual thing but it it happens quicker with such a small team um just because you 
you kind of got to know how to work in that team environment or you almost work yourself out. No, for sure. For sure. Why it's uh why I want to ask you about some, some injuries. You can bond over that a little bit, but he's yeah. uh, like you, I mean, he's, he's got some injuries. I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've had my fair share. Man, I'm an absolute eggshell. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So like, since you've been on the men's team, it's been uh Liz Frank fracture, broken elbow, torn PCL. So yeah. for, first off, like which one of those was the worst to go through? Um, the, cause the PCL happened in Vancouver and I think that was my like first major injury or maybe it happened after the elbow, but I was like, that happened. And then I just kind of felt my knee just kind of blow up right away. I was like, Hmm, something's not right here. <laughs> I hope it's not too bad, but I just remember falling down on it and just being like, yeah, I think that's that's me for at least the day. And then ended up taking me out for the rest of the weekend. Um, but yeah, the list Frank one is, uh, is a tough one. And yeah, I was just running through a tackle kind of hopping on my right foot and then something gave, I thought, I thought my cleat snapped and I thought maybe I like tweaked a nerve and I tried to run on it again. It just couldn't put any pressure down on it. Uh, yeah, doctors kind of the medical staff there right away were like, oh, maybe it's this. Like, let's definitely hope it's not. And then x rays, MRIs kind of come back and they're like, it's going to be a tough one. And that took a full year to come back from. Had to get surgery to put a bunch of screws in my foot. Uh, eight months later, another surgery to take screws out of my foot and I double dipped with like a screw in my elbow too. So I'm no longer cyborg, but uh, yeah, it took a while to come back from that. And it's still something that I'm, I work on kind of every day, just rolling it out. Cause it's such a, like I put so much pressure on that joint and so many kilometers on my feet that I got to kind of keep them loose. Always. I got my little toe spreaders in right now too. So <laughs> If you got any feet fans out there, I can do a glimpse <laughs> You always got to be ready. Oh, I stay strapped. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, have you, uh, like, did you go through any, like, frustration just with your body, with, with the injuries? Uh, yeah, it's, it's the worst when you're just in the gym. Like, like, I got pretty top heavy for a bit, which was cool. Like I had a sick chest. Big triangle. It's all big up top yeah. and just the, the Dorito. Dressed. Yeah, exactly. I was just wearing sweatpants in the gym, no tarp, and I was like <laughs> killing myself. But you're, you're in there alone. Like when the boys are in in town, like they're out training, and you're kind of doing your gym stuff and your rehab alone. Uh, then they go away, and you're like extra alone, just kind of because you know how fun it is out there. And you're just in the gym hoping to get better. Um, yeah, and then you end up missing out on, you know, cool events. And just, yeah, knowing that, like, you know, I could have competed and been there. But instead, I'm in the gym doing bench for the 80th time. <laughs> and so, like, what did, you, what did you find was the best way to kind of deal with that and kind of cope with the 
mental side of it where you kind of just start to get down on yourself a little bit? Uh, yeah, just, just, I definitely just took it day by day and did what I could and just started getting into just doing research by myself and seeing what kind of other rehabs that there are out for, for that specific injury and kind of try to help myself and just fully commit to getting my body back. Right. And it's, it's a good lesson because now I'm, I'm a bit of a nerd with it when it comes to kind of, you know, reading up on the newest nutrition or the mental aspect of the game or yeah, anything like that. So it's, it's definitely helped me in that way, but I would have rather been playing for a year than sitting inside. (laughs) And then, uh, so like you said, like even now, like you're still rolling out your foot. Is there any, has there been any other changes to like kind of, pre prehab uh processes for yourself uh not really just just that and putting more of an emphasis on kind of mobility and and staying loose uh not that old but i i feel kind of old and i know i gotta stay on top and do my kind of hip and ankle mobility every day do that rolling and just stay ready in that in that sense so I can handle the load because it's definitely going to crank up in the next few months leading up to the Olympics here. Yeah. So why, why I asked a pretty good question. I just kind of want to piggyback off that, but in terms of the prehab, do you feel like, you know, getting an injury that severe is never good, but now do you know your body a little bit more and you know how to kind of better prepare yourself for these big events, like obviously the Olympics? Yeah, definitely. It's just, it, it makes it even more, of a reality that these things do happen. And, you know, if you want to play for as long as possible at kind of your highest potential, you got to check those boxes and it's a tough way to learn that, but it's probably the best way to learn that. So you'll see me every day and then before training doing my little series and getting ready. So I don't end up getting hurt again. I want to become cyborg again. No, thanks. Yeah, no thanks. So then uh your teammates, they I think you've been you've been described a little bit as the uh the class cat clown or the morale guy. So is that uh is that a, a role you take pride in? Uh a little bit, yeah, definitely. I I love the bands. I love having fun with the boys. Like I don't like I'm I work kind of my best when it's a bit of a lighter environment and there's a few guys that just love to fuck around too and I'm all for it (laughs) if I can kind of you know break the silence on the bus or you know join in on some of the bs I gets thrown around it's like some of my favorite times and you know whenever when everything is said and done it is definitely gonna be what I miss the most is just just talking shit is always the best <laughs> you yeah it's talking shit are you ever the shit disturber like if ever someone uh is having like a rough day or just you know like to poke them a little bit just to kind of get a get a laugh out of them uh a little bit sometimes i don't know the line because <laughs> <laughs> there's one point like nate didn't talk to me for like two months and then zuby was kind of the same like i was messing around with them and they dropped a bag of tea in the elevator and i was just like 
mm, and I just stomped it out for no reason. And I was like, this will be funny. Maybe he'll laugh. <laughs> Didn't like it. Wouldn't talk to me for a good long while. And he's the sweetest man. So it's, yeah, sometimes I still need to know that line. But uh, yeah, just tr try and keep things light because I know that's when I'm kind of the happiest. And it's a tough sport and a tough kind of situation that we're in a lot of the times. But I like to kind of try and help people enjoy it a bit more, myself included. So, like, throughout, like, while you, you, you're on the road with all the boys and everything, you you kind of like the prank type guy? Are you more of just like a, a jokester? Yeah, just more, I mean, I'm a jokester. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like jokes. <laughs> yeah, I like jokes. Yeah, no, I've never been much of a pranks guy. It's, uh, maybe I'll cook something up for this year, something epic. But, uh, yeah, no, just definitely just keeping things light. It's nothing, nothing too, too insane, but just getting my little jabs in where I can. I, uh, I got a story for you. Hopefully I'll ask you this, I'll ask you this question and then I'll share a story. So maybe you got something for me, but okay. being, um, I got like, we both play junior level sports. So that's probably my closest to team Canada, like what you have, but yeah. we had some, some friendly uh, rookie hazing. So if you have like a story with that, um, I'll give you my, my experience. So, I had a teammate and his sole job was to look after this fish. So whenever we, whenever we would do anything, this guy's got to bring this fish around, have like food, have, have water for it, always look after this fish. And if the fish died, he would have to get two. And if two died, he'd have to get four. So, <laughs> so through all this, this, uh, this rookie along with me, I, I had a different role, but he had to look after this fish. Did you ever have anything fun of that level? Uh, we had, we had this little stuffed animal. It was this little stuffed moose, uh, Captain Green, um, which has a really good story behind it too. But just uh, we had the youngest guy on the team holding Captain Green at all times. And then if you don't bring Captain Green to a meal, you're getting punished. If you forget Captain Green on the bus, you're getting punished. It was pretty savage one year in uh, Singapore. And it's so hot, so humid. I think it was Luke Bradley had forgotten the Captain Green somewhere. And then at the end of our workouts during one of the week, he had to do this like brutal rowing erg session in this open air, like 100% humidity, 40 degree heat. And we're all just kind of looking like, ah, oh, it was funny. And then at the end of it, we're like, we're killing this poor guy. I'm like, why? Yeah. Who is letting this happen? But our SNC was like, don't forget Crafted Green. I'm like, surely it's not that important. Like, let the guy off the earth. He's dying. He's getting like heat stroke on this thing. Um, but another little one is uh, we got Josiah Mora on the team, uh, a Toronto, Toronto legend. And the boys convinced him. Uh, we're over in Hong Kong and we have this little luncheon over there. The boys convinced him that he had to write a speech. <laughs> and he was just like up, like stressing about it. He had written a whole thing down and it was pretty funny. It never came to fruition, but it was just how much he made him sweat for a good day. And he wrote down a little sheet of notes and it was the cutest little speech. But <laughs> he never actually had to do it. But it was just everyone knew just staying in his head for that long would be a pretty good bounce. <laughs> oh, man. 
Um, you've, you've highlighted a couple of different cities and countries when you're uh, explaining all these stories. Is there ever a city that you kind of is your home away from home? Uh, I don't know about home away from home, but I definitely have some favorites. Um, Hong Kong always being up there, just there's so much to do. And then Cape Town is just such a beautiful place that I always love going back there. But yeah, we're definitely lucky to do some travel. And then two years ago after Hong Kong, we had a week off. So we flew Hong Kong to Singapore, played in Singapore, and then went to Bali after that, me, my roommate, and or Andrew Cano and Jake Teal went to Bali for three, four days and just had a good time there. So it was nice when we got to be in that kind of neck of the woods and just be like, all right, go have fun. Yeah, for a week yeah release, release. Yeah, it's, it's less, it's not so much of the reality now with like, even if this season or last season was going on, we're trying to stay dialed for the Olympics coming up. But yeah, it's just, it's definitely one of the best parts about the sport is that travel. So, so one word you, I want to pick on is uh, the word you said, go. Is there ever a time where you're like, this is an outrageous time where you're having one of your time in your life kind of thing? Uh, yeah. 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 Can, can we, can you hear like the, a slight version of it or? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah? It's, okay. uh, well, it's just, we're in Hong Kong is always around my birthday and Andrew Coe's birthday. So there's this district LKF in Hong Kong. Um, so after the tournament, just me and him, we're like, we played in Singapore the next weekend, but we're like, it's our birthday. Let's yeah. go grab a beer. Yeah. And we had uh, one of the, this lady who's like a big supporter of the boys. And she like, she has a lot of travel. But she's like, well, you know, come to LKF. We'll, you know, get you a few drinks and whatever. Like, okay, sure, whatever. We show up. They, she's got like syringe jello shots. <laughs> but like, who are you? Why are yeah, you being so sweet? But it's, yeah, it's definitely just cool to, yeah, just have an experience like that. And with like a Canadian supporter, you're just kind of there being treated for the night, which was awesome. And then I think it was even the next weekend we're at that, we're in Singapore before we fly out to Bali, we go to that Marina Bay Sands like hotel with the, it's like the three big towers with the boat. Yeah. Yeah. Going across it. And like, we thought we we're going there for a drink, whatever. I'm like, I can afford one drink here. Like this is going to be a cool half hour experience kind of thing. And then it was again, just like support of the team, like, loved us just kind of hosted us for a night so we're like just partying on top of that thing till like 2 a.m and then we go back to the hotel grab our bags that we've packed because we got to go to the airport to fly out to bali that morning so it's a it's a pretty pretty insane couple days there man no i've um i've played a little bit with the in Europe and stuff, but like people love like athletes or whatever, but people love Canadians too. So once yeah. they, they hear that you're also team rugby and this and that, then it's just, you know, times can get out of hand. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's game on, but yeah, it's, I'm definitely lucky to be a Canadian and that we're in 
kind of the good graces of a lot of nations and everyone likes a nice Canadian boy. <laughs> <laughs> this is a little bit of a, an odd question, but mm. because mm. of some of the uh, research I've done into athletes. So have you ever considered or been approached to be on the uh, national bobsled team? No, I haven't, but I, we, we, we actually mess around with the boys too. I don't know if anyone's been approached, but we have some freaky boys that are like 250, 260 pounds. Some and bears. Are, yeah, but they're lightning fast. Like, like Matt Mullins, like two, 230, 240 at least, but he has our fastest zero to 10 meter. Like he's just like a freak athlete. Uh, so we're like, we could put in a bobsled team with like, was it three man, four man? We could, you know, we might have a week fourth, but uh, we got like a pretty good bobsled team. I'd, I'd think. I don't want to send too many shots at bobsled Canada. But the boys <laughs> you're, are coming. You're gonna get an email after this. We got so, we got summer summer Olympics this year, and then you'll see Malzi flying down the slopes next. So watch out, Canada bobsled. I <laughs> know yeah, because I, I know they they take a decent amount of of uh men and women from well men from football and then men and women from the rugby programs like heather moyes probably the greatest canadian bobsledder ever is a world rugby hall of famer so yeah i know i i was just wondering like is it something you you've ever considered or like would consider in the future uh i don't think so for me personally but uh it's definitely not like it, it kind of the connection makes sense. It's kind of speed, power, which is all what rugby and sevens is all about. Uh, but it's definitely a skill set that would translate pretty decently over to bobsled. But no, I'll just manage uh, Big Mullins and Zuby if they ever make their crossover, and I'll I'll just I'll just hold the stopwatch and say cool running. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Oh man, so uh, we'll uh, we'll get into our little personal and fun questions here. Uh, cool. Jack, Jack, I don't know if you want to take the lead here. Uh, it's my favorite, my favorite part. I'm ready for this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm so, not. <laughs> <laughs> don't think too hard with this one, um, yeah. or any of them. They're all pretty stupid. But your favorite place to play, not including Vancouver. Uh, yeah. Again, I just go with with Hong Kong. It's just the atmosphere. The party's insane kind of going on in that South stands, like the venue's amazing. Uh, so it would definitely be Hong Kong. And there's a lot of Canadian support there too. So you kind of, it's, it's a home away from home tournament. There's a lot of buildup going into that one for our team. The, uh, the go-to show when it comes to Netflix. Uh, go-to show. I've, seen like the office like 13 times through start to finish like there's years where it was really weird i was falling asleep to it like i didn't like the person i was at that point but it's fine <laughs> uh, but right now i'm i'm not off netflix but i just like don't watch as much tv as i once have big into podcasts these days actually yeah ours right you're big into our <laughs> podcast I, I, i've crushed a few of yours so i had to get prepared i was listening to, definitely listening to harry i heard those hockey boys chatting 
Yeah, you'd you'd be an honorary hockey player from uh, from this from this interview. That's for sure. I will be. Yeah, the the lad the lad take. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, if you have to sing karaoke, what are you singing? Oh, um, I've been asked this question before, and I just said "Stand by Me." Um, but I don't know. I could I could rip like an eight mile freestyle too. So <laughs> okay, I might just I might just everybody in the three one three, and that'll be that'll be it. It's over. It's over, <laughs> it's over after it's that. Harder. It's over. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. <laughs> All right. So, uh, which do you enjoy more, scoring a try or uh, collecting an unreal hit? Uh, yeah, because. I got to make more unreal hits. So anytime I have a nice stick, I'm like, oh, there it is. <laughs> I'm the man. <laughs> I still got it. Uh, but, yeah, it's always it's always fun dotting one down, especially if it's like, you know, you do something cool beforehand or you make a little break is, is good. But, uh, yeah, you definitely get a lot of props for the hit. So I think a good stick might be up there. And then so Jack and I are uh... – big tattoo guys we're not sure if you are but uh you you're gonna join the club and get the classic uh olympic ring tattoo once you hit tokyo uh i mean that would would, i'm currently i got that virgin skin as those uh tattoo tattoo boys say but uh yeah i think that would be definitely in the cards for me i don't have i haven't thought too much into it what i want where i want it but uh that would that would yeah I'd get some ink. <laughs> I mean, that, there's <laughs> definitely worse first tattoos to get than that. Yeah, you know, that you, even if it's bad, you're like, ah, I tried, you know, it was, it was cool. Had to get something. <laughs> exactly. Um, so are, are you the ox guy when it comes to the sevens locker room? No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> terrible taste, terrible, like, I've never gotten how to get music. Like back in the day when people were like YouTube to MP3, I was like, what, who's taking this much time? Like I'd buy Billy Talent and then, you know, rock my grade 12 workouts, I think was like my steez for a bit. Um, but yeah, no, we got, uh, Andrew's a pretty good DJ. Joe Mora is our, is our go-to guy for, for the tunes right now, but all he plays is Drake. So <laughs> fair enough, but that's he, tough. He can it all right. And we'll, uh, we'll polish it off here with, uh, what song do you have on repeat right now? Song do I have on repeat right now? Uh, was it Billy Vienna, Vienna by Billy Joel, I think, uh, is is my is my song on repeat right now i just kind of heard it the other day and i was i was uh i was moved so that's like even though it's like a slow kind of piano song I'm, it gets me fired up there's just like something that happens i get a good tingle and i can it uh, allows me to daydream a lot so that is my go-to song right now i i got two for you before we finish this off but um, who do you have in mind that would be great guest on our podcast? Uh, Jake Teal would probably be a good guest because uh, me and him have toyed around with 
with the idea of doing a podcast of our own. So uh, if he has a successful episode, <laughs> you can throw us both into the mix and we'll, we'll give you a hot 40 minutes. He's, he's a character though. So oh. you'll, you'll get some, some good, some good banter out of him. That's awesome. And your, your favorite quote, why is that your favorite quote? Uh, it's fight week coming up. <laughs> my guilty pleasure is my uh, my my little obsession with the UFC and Conor McGregor. So I got a <laughs> got a McGregor quote on my phone that I just have staring me in the face every day, and that's uh, yeah, it's just so it's a cool little quote, just to kind of be silky and not as uh, you know not react, but just kind of have your own your own pace and timing to things. Oh, that's, uh, I, when Wyatt and I saw that we, he thought it was from modern family. I thought it was from an, like, it's a Navy seal slogan. So I'm thought, like, it, either... it, 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 I think that's the, that's the origins of it. Uh, but yeah, he, uh, he's, he's ticked that on. And then I, I thought it was pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, I'm a bit of a McGregor simp, so whatever. Yes. So is uh, <laughs> so is Barnsley. As I'm, uh, I'm on board. <laughs> I, I go to Barnsley this week, and we're I'm like, oh, like I'm more very casual UFC fan. I'm like, oh, like McGregor fights this week. He looks at me, dead face. Yeah, I'm like, oh, we're we gonna watch it. He's like, that's not a question. Yes, yeah. of course we're gonna watch it. That's so you, you and him are uh, big UFC guys, but yeah, I was like, all right, like, very casual fan. I'll watch that. Yeah, you beat the shit out of someone. So I mean, that's what we're hoping for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, Phil. Um, thank you so much for coming on. We can't wait to have you on again. It's been filled with jokes and learning about your your career path. Thanks again. Yeah. No. Thank you, boys, for having me on. It was uh, good to chat and have a bit of fun over Zoom. First, first podcast in the book. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've made it now of course yeah you've made, joined, it. You've made a, a podcast yeah I'm, I'm part of the moo crew that's what i thought <laughs> there he is I'm there he is myself. the moo crew if you want to make some merch <laughs> license it out from me it's all good <laughs> <laughs>